2000, that was when there was like the whole women's community there, Ocento and the women's bookstore and Artemis Cafe. And, you know, that was just, that's a time that seems to be historical now because we're getting material about it. That was San Francisco City Archivist Susan Goldstein. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Every week on this podcast, you'll hear from historians, community leaders, bartenders, and San Franciscans from all walks of life, telling stories, sharing personal histories, and trying to put into words what makes this city so special. Welcome to Episode 39, Part 1. In this podcast... Susan walks us through the first half of her life, which involves leaving her childhood home in Southern California and moving around quite a bit. In 1984, she moved to the Bay Area, a place she says she was always attracted to, and found archiving work at SF State and with U.S. Senator Alan Cranston. She ends this episode going more in-depth about her work at SF State, which brought her face-to-face with San Francisco's rich labor union history. Here's Susan. So I left L.A. to go to college and uh, got really into history, really into social history, really into women's history, really into working with primary source materials, going to other institutions and looking through the kinds of things that I collect now. And kind of it just happened there. I just fell in love with it. Where fell did in love you, with the archives. Where did you go to school? I went to Brown University okay. in Providence, Rhode Island. Okay. So I grew up learning to loving to read. Yeah. I mean, you know, that was it. Not necessarily loving history, but loving to read. Now it all started. <sighs> How after. was Brown? Brown was fantastic. Great. Never really been to the East Coast. Really exciting. You learned what winter was? Yeah. Yeah. And summer. And summer. That's all different. Yeah. Yeah. So very cool. Very nice to be on a college campus while it's snowing. Um, Yeah. And amazing professors and really amazing women's studies and history professors. Mm -hmm. Did you end up um, majoring in library science or? No, no undergrad. It's just uh, AMCIV, as we call it at Brown. American Civilization. It's really history and literature combined. Got it. Yeah. And then when I left, I became a community organizer for ACORN, and I moved to uh, Arizona, Phoenix, lived there for a while, and then I moved to Austin, and I worked with low-income neighborhoods organizing people, which is what I thought I really wanted to do. When would this have been, roughly? Hmm, 83, 84. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Before Austin had a tech explosion. Loved living in Austin. It was incredible. And then I realized maybe that wasn't for me. So I got a job at University of Texas in their photo archives. Mm -hmm. And then that really turned me on. The manuscripts were on a different floor, but the photo collection was amazing. So incredible. We used to pull out the um, 19th century pornography from England and France. People would keep these... um, you know, their individual real photography porno books. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting. Well, photo- photography was like brand new. They're like, what can we do with it? Yes. Yeah. So, um, and the collections are incredible. Like some of the earliest photographs ever made were there. Very significant collections. So got really into the concept of photo archives. Then... What did you like about Austin? I'm, I'm, I'm curious for a reason. Austin is, uh, wow, Austin's beautiful. 
Austin has, you know, Barton Springs and incredible music and great food. I mean, Austin is just, I don't know what it's like now. I haven't been there in so many years, but so much fun. It's still at its core and by core, I mean, literally like the middle right of the downtown town. there. Yeah. It's still mostly awesome, I'm going to yeah. say. Okay. But it's, it's a version of what's happening here. Yeah. We won't get into that, but, um, yeah, but I do think there's kind of a great community. Me- yeah. There's kind of a, a similar worldview mentality of the, com- of if, you know, anything we can call a community there as there is to the Bay area. There's a lot of, a lot of comparison. Yeah. Yeah, no, it felt very similar to the Bay Area. But I had always wanted to live in the Bay Area. I used to visit here. I used to visit Bay Area when I was growing up in L.A. And I was like, this is where I want to live. This place is so cool. What did you like about it when you were a kid? Like all the stereotypical, oh, it feels so free. Oh, it feels so different. All the quaint Victorians. Oh, you can get around on public transit, which you can do in L.A. now, which is amazing. But, um, you know, it just felt like such a different special place so when I left Austin I just threw everything in the car and moved out here in 84 right in time for the Democratic Convention yeah and you know my friends were living here and you know we had a flat in the mission what did we pay 150 a month for a room in a flat was that a lot at the maybe 200 time? no seemed very reasonable yeah you know and then uh you looked for a job right where was your place in the mission exactly what like I you? lived at um where did I first live? On South Venice, between 24th and 25th. The phone booth. I That was on the corner. And then I moved to Guerrero, 1044 Guerrero. And then I ended up living on 25th Street, right around the corner. Of course. So three different places in the mission? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just kind of like this is what people do. You move here and you kind of move around. Yeah. Yeah. And friends lived in different places. And that was when there was like the whole women's community there, Ocento and the women's bookstore and Artemis cafe. And you know, that was just, that's a time that seems to be historical now because we're getting material about it. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's Full circle. Funny. That's cool. It's very funny to get stuff from your own life. Right. Mm-hmm. Was the Dover club still in the women's building yes. at that time? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm, definitely. That's a little bit before my time. I know the d- post women's building Dover, mm, but not. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so now you live in San Francisco. So now I live in San Francisco. I get a job at, um, I get a job on an AIDS, um, health project. Okay. Yeah. And I work out at children's hospital and it's an epidemiological state, you know, AIDS is all of a sudden coming into full swing 84 and it's epidemiological study. Um, and I'm working, you know, as an administrative assistant. And I do that for a couple of years while I put myself through library school. Sorry, just real quickly for those, and for a refresher for me, for those who don't know what epidemiological means. So these, these docs, these clinicians were trying to look at um, where AIDS was coming from and the, how it spread in the community. And they were doing uh, interviews every year with the same group of men, the same cohort of men over a period of years. And a lot of studies were published out of that initial study. Mm-hmm. And then, and also people would receive their, um, if they were positive or negative during the course of the study. Wow. Yeah. And it's, again, also very relevant. I'm, we're working on an NEH grant, National Endowment for the Humanities grant right now. Um, and we're digitizing early AIDS papers that we have in our collection. So 
it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's kind of very moving. Yeah. 84, was it called or, or referred to as AIDS? Yeah, yet? I think it wasn't GRID anymore. I think it was AIDS by 84. Right. Yeah, right. What definitely. was that like for you? I mean, I was very young. And, yeah. I, and I remember being like, that's it's scary that they don't know what's going on. Never was sick. Um, it was intense because, I mean, you hear people say it, but, you know, people you knew all around you got sick and died. So one of the guys who was a phlob- phlebotomist on the study, he drew blood. Um, he was one of my really good friends. And, you know, he ended up dying. He and his partner, both of them. People around you were sick and dying. It was pretty intense. Yeah. A lot of people were volunteering. and uh, Yeah. Um, okay. What, what after for, for you, what, what would so, you do? So, and then I thought, okay, I either want to do public health or I want to do archives and go to library school, <laughs> public health library school. Anyway, I applied to library school at UC Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I went to library school. How was that? That was okay. Wasn't a, <laughs> wasn't a great program, but I had a really good archives teacher, mm-hmm. and uh, I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And you know, kind of zipped through that program. Did you keep living in the city when you went to yeah. school there? Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. okay. yeah. I commuted in from here to there. Mm-hmm. Of course, as soon as I got a job in the city, I moved to the East Bay. But that's an, that's later down the line. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So uh, it was great, and I. Worked at the Labor Archives at San Francisco State a bit when I was there. It was kind of my first archives job, which was good. Good experience. Um, and I'm guessing they have a pretty robust labor archives collection at SF State. They do. They work directly with the unions. Um, and I later worked for them on a one-year grant from the feds where I went around and surveyed all the labor unions in the Bay Area. That was wow. a fascinating grant. Wow. <laughs> that was really good. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to go check that out. I actually went to school there for a minute back in the oh. early 2000s, but oh. I, I wasn't aware okay. of that archive. Oh, yeah. it's a good, And they have other stuff. They have, you know, a collection of radical pamphlets that I worked on from, you know, over the past hundred years, not just very recent. Mm-hmm. And they have great labor newspapers there. And I was very close to Lynn Bonfield, who was who founded them, who was their first executive director. But they're, they're great. They do a great job over there. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and then my first job out of library school was working for Senator Alan Cranstein. He was a U.S. senator for four terms. So uh, I ended up moving, doing some work here, and then moving to Washington, D.C. Oh. And working in his offices there and getting to know all the staff and getting ready for his retirement. Okay. And you, and, papers. And by then you're like, summer and winter I can handle because of your... Oh, yeah. And bugs. Yeah. More bugs probably in D.C. More bugs. More bugs. And the really almost south. more... Hu- no, both were pretty humid. Yeah. Right. And a little more south, a little more humid. Right. D.C. was great. D.C. was kind of D.C. before it gentrified. It's kind of more fun now. But anyway, it was very interesting to work on the hill. I was going to say a different experience than anything you'd done. Yeah. And I remember just stuff like being, there's a little car that takes you from the Senate building over to vote. Um, Is it really a little car? It's an underground (laughs) subway. It's an underground subway. And I remember not wanting to get in with Jesse Helms and his staff because they were so, you know, homophobic and so horrible about AIDS. racist and terrible. Yeah, Yeah. but really that was about the AIDS thing right then. And and AIDS activists were sitting in at his office building there and chanting and, you know, ACT UP was coming into being. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, it was, there was a lot of, you know, we think now is bad, but then was bad too. Right. That was Reagan and Mm -hmm. a bunch of 
Mm-hmm. People Reagan, like Jesse Helms. Twin Peaks. Yeah. So it was great to be there. And then I came back here and his papers went to Bancroft. So I was working on the papers for them here um, while he was retiring. And that was a big collection. There were about 7,000 cartons. And now if you look online, it's about 650 cartons. Jeez. So. And you said, well, you said he, he had four terms. He had four terms and he served of on a lot of- six years each? Yeah. So 24 yes. years. That's And he served a on a lot of committees, as they all do. And also it was his early life um, before he was in the Senate, which mm-hmm. was interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, you learn stuff you don't know. Okay, so you came back and worked on his, uh, essentially his, li- I guess, is it a library it's, for senators or what are they? It's an archive. They just call it. And a, it's at the Bancroft at UC Berkeley. Okay. You can go in Alan and Cranston? ask for his papers. Okay. Yeah, the Alan Cranston papers. So you're working on basically es- like establishing that or putting it yeah, together. you're organizing for, all his stuff so okay. researchers can use it mm-hmm. and creating a guide to it. Finding, mm-hmm. We call it a finding aid. Yeah, so we're doing all that stuff. So you're like really digging into archival work at this point like you're oh yeah you, did you already life. consider yeah. yourself an archivist at yes. this point okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so just like got out of library school yeah mm-hmm. so that was and then and then right in the middle of working for him for about a year I went back to labor archives because they got this grant and I went to all the labor unions and kind of famous labor people in the five bay area counties and did a big survey of what they had and how old it was and what kind of material it was and then I went back for the final year of Cranston. So anyway, both of those are really interesting jobs. Okay. You know, visiting the labor unions, so interesting because some of them would have almost nothing. And then some of them, like the Teamsters, would have just incredible stuff going back to when they were dairy milk drivers, you know, or draymen. You know, that was what they were in the early draymen? days. Draymen? I don't... Yeah, those are people who drive horse carts. Okay. Because they were the Teamsters. That was... They were drivers. Right. Um, and so they drove all kinds of conveyances. And then um, you get into all these collections like the waiters union and the separate waitresses union. Mm. Or I'd get into the boilermakers and they were incredibly racist back in the day. And then there'd be kind of trying to set up a separate union for African-American boilermakers who were coming in during World War II. So it's just such interesting history in all those collections. Yeah. You know, really, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I always like to think of the past as, like, no matter how bad things are now, like, the past was always going to be more racist, more sexist, more homophobic. There were moments, you know, there were unions that weren't, unions that weren't like that. And that's what a lot of people write about now. And it's pretty interesting. Um, Like Alan Barrowby, who's a um, GLBT historian, he's dead now, but he wrote a great Oh, he was writing a great book. He didn't finish it on Marine Cooks and Stewards, which was a very gay union during World War II, which was very unusual. So there are these little nuggets that are different. Or ILWU, um, Warehousemen, you know, they were a very uh, racially open and accepting union. They were really the one union that was quite progressive. Right. So, you know, it really varies across the board. Yeah. But it's fascinating. Yeah. And so is that um, that labor archive at SF State, is that open to the public? Yeah, it's open to the public. You hear mm-hmm. that, kids? Mm-hmm. Go check it out. Mm-hmm. I'll do the same. Really good. And it's in the main library building. It used to be off campus, but now it's in the main library building on campus. Yeah, they do great cool. work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then, okay, so what's next? So then I go back to grad school. Oh. You, <laughs> you haven't occurred. that, were you? you? Did, I just have to ask. <laughs> did you get on a scholarship or is it like, more debt, yay? No, I had a, I had scholarship. Grants I had um, grants. Good, yeah. Good, good. I am. Um, yeah. I had, uh, 
And then UC Santa Barbara, I went for master's in history and I, you know, taught. I was a TA. So, mm-hmm. um, and then I, yep. And then I finished that. Are you close with your family? Because you you were closer. If they're, I'm assuming they still stayed back in. They were in that LA. Area. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're like, were they psyched to have you close? And then you're like, bye bye <laughs> again. Well, I was in San Francisco. I wasn't that far from them. Yeah, but so, I'm no, I'm, I'm yeah, in Santa, Santa Barbara. Barbara. Yeah, I would probably drive down a little more often. Yeah. 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 But you finished that. Finished that, and then I got this job. That was Susan Goldstein. Join us Thursday for part two, when Susan will tell us all about her role as city archivist in San Francisco. Music for the podcast is by Otis McDonald. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. You can find all 80-plus episodes on our website, storiedsf.com. And while you're there, you can also help support this project by going to our store page and checking out the different pledge levels. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date on everything we do. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show for us. If you have ideas of who should be on the podcast, our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.